Oh, trendsetters, are you excited? I know I am because this is episode 591 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, do not hesitate to stop what you're doing. Jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com. Send me through an email, tim at trainsmooth.com. Follow my training at coronavirus.com. And I think that's about as many .coms as I can remember at the moment. So, because... Oh, I'll jump straight in. The I've got a public announcement. Now, hopefully... Because I haven't done too much research in the matter here whatsoever, um, but it was it was enough to um, to bring in a, a public announcement to the microphone. Hopefully, 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 this is just a stupid, stupid, stupid Tasmanian thing that's going on at the moment, and it's not you know Australia wide, worldwide. But my kids were telling me that it's uncool. For teen, if they're friends, they all do it. It's uncool to wear seatbelts in the cars. And and at first, I thought they were just having me on. And I thought, you guys are jeeing me up. And they no, it's completely uncool. None of their friends wear seatbelts in the cars. And I go, what are they? What do the parents say about it? And they go, I don't know. They they just no one says anything. And I'm like, I'm I'm baffled. And I, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I I could when I was their age, I considered myself pretty cool, but never entered my head not to wear a seatbelt. And so, and so instantly I start grilling. Like, you guys are wearing seatbelts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They say I go good because you want to be supportive. It'd be a supportive parent. So I just you know in calming, polite ways, I said I'll break your necks before the car accident will if I ever catch you not wearing a seatbelt. You know, just nice, polite little things you say to your kids just to, you know, keep that good moral drive up to them. So I had to drive um, one of their friends uh, um, just the other day. And so I looked them back and she's not wearing a seatbelt. I go, come on, seatbelt's on. I didn't, she did. She didn't, you know, um, go or anything. She, she put it straight on once I said. But... If you guys have got teenagers, or you're driving teenagers, or whatever, just keep a half an eye on it, especially their friends or whatever, keep a half an eye on it, just to make sure they're wearing seatbelts. Uh, to me, it's just the most stupidest thing I've ever heard, and uh, hopefully it's just a, a stupid, stupid Tasmanian thing, and it's not spreading elsewhere, but it's bloody baffling to me. Anyway, I've sound, <laughs> I sound like old Grandpa Reggie. Uh, today's question comes from Brendan, who, you know, what are we? What did I say I was? Uh, um, episode um, 591. So I only need 10 episodes to, to get to 600. And Brendan's not quite met me halfway. He's, he's sent four questions in. So he's, um, he's, 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 he's done a fair share, but he wants the rest of you guys to um, pick up your act and send in questions. Tim at trainsmove.com. You can send them bad boys too. So... Uh, Brendan's first question writes, uh, how to increase our tolerance for carbs per hour? How would you go about it? Is it, uh, is it simple, is it a simple case of of increasing the number of carbs per hour over, over a few months? Or start with 120 grams and keep consuming until the body comes, becomes used to it 
Is there a difference between solids and liquids carbs? Is there a difference in the number of carbs per hour for running and cycling? These are really good questions. Um, I'm really glad you sent that. So a lot of things are running through my head here at the moment. I'm sure I'm going to um and arm my way through all this and really struggle to articulate, articulate easy for me to say with what's actually going, come, trying to come out of my head here. But the um, there is, we know top-level athletes can consume 120 grams of carbs per hour and they can do it quite efficiently. If you look at um, an athlete's... Um, We'll look at an athlete, let's say uh, an, an athlete running, um, doing an 8-hour Ironman versus an athlete doing a 15-hour Ironman. You look at their, um, you know, their calorie burn per minute. The athlete who's going to be doing 8-hour Ironman is burning more calories per minute. Than the guy, than the athlete doing fifteen hours. I mean, because he, he's just running, he's just moving at an alarmingly faster rate. So, so you've you've got to keep that in mind. Um, to jump straight into one hundred and twenty grams of carbs, and um, that that's a recipe for disaster. It's. Um, I mean, I'm really going to arm my arm through all this. You you have to slowly increase it. Now, you may not need or may not be able to tolerate, um, no matter how hard you try, 120 grams of carbs per hour. It it's a nice nice figure um, to try and target, reach for. Um, the the magic number for a lot of people is that. Um, one gram of carb per kilo of body weight um, per hour. That's always been the golden rule. And if you can get to 90 grams of carbs per hour, you're doing pretty smashingly well. So you can get to that get to that stage, and then you can start trying to slowly nudge that forward. There's difference with um, what your body might be able to consume or, or, or not. Um, for, for instance, you, you might be only able to consume, um, let's, let's say, um, 60 grams um, an hour of multidectrin. And so you've got to find something else to um, add on to that. So fructose, for instance... Um, the recipe for gels, uh, sports gels, I have on the Transmove website. So, and if you want to make your own sports gels, and sports gels are expensive if you're buying them, but if you make them yourself, they're significantly cheaper. I've got the recipe. I got a recipe on on the Transmove website. When I personally um, started trying to increase carbs, I would start adding more fructose in, into my recipe and trying to increase that that way. However, you have to be slowly with that because that's generally one of the key ingredients that will make, make people have um, GI distress issues. But for me, it's you know I, I seem to have an iron guts when it comes to that. So I'm I haven't experienced any issues there. But 
athletes that have tried my recipe have. So, so if you were, um, you got to look at what the race we're doing. So when it, when we're talking about an Ironman, um, we want our glycogen stores um, to stay as full as possible on for as long as possible. So we we don't really want to be tapping in, we don't really want to be burning a hell of a lot of glycogen during the bike ride, for instance. We want to be more fat adapted. Because we're going to definitely need to tap into all those stores for that marathon. So you you do need to be constantly topping it up during during that bike ride because you will be burning both. But you want to be more fat adapted. So for instance, if you're going to be testing um, daily your nutrition for for the race, so let's say you've got. Um, a four-hour bike ride for the first hour and a half two hours you might be just sipping on water for, for instance and then the hour between hour two and hour three you might go 60 grams of carbs and in that last three hours let's say you're tolerant for you've been you know you know you're all good at 90 grams of carbs for those last three hours you might say um you get you're going to see what your body's going to be like at 300 grams of carbs over that last three hours of that bike ride and um and then you'll get a gauge um on right was that good or was that not good and then you can start taking it to that next level um what's it like when you because at that because you're probably going to have ridden that um i'm guessing because you know we're just you're throwing throwing numbers out here but most people's long rides are generally under 70 percent of um, ftp even though uh, so you might want to do go right i'm going to test this next one so in the next week you might add um let's say in that last three hours you might be doing those same carb intakes again but this time you're on the bike ride you're going to add um let's say five times 15 minutes at ironman power five minutes easy just to see what happens with the body with that amount of carbs per hour that's coming in that's all good now you might want to start increasing that to all right let's see what happens for that last three hours if we start adding um 330 grams of carbs and you can slowly pro um slowly increase it that way i'd be very very slowly increasing it and not doing too much um changing too much too quickly because if something goes wrong you can um work out pretty quickly what went wrong what you need to change um no i i when we say there's um 120 grams of carbs per hour too i don't think that's for running i think that's definitely cycling in there and it'd be um i'd be surprised if anyone's going over that 90 grams of carb for the per hour on the run uh, and they definitely could be i i i'm just not sure of it yeah, so so again, please, 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 please test, um, and then you can start saying right. Well, under um, heat, can I absorb this amount of carbs per hour? And then you pick a nice hot day and you start doing go for an hour run and see what happens with ninety grams of carbs. See what happens. See what your body does. Um, now, what happens when you start adding more intensity into your training? So, you, let's say you pick, um, let's say you you work out your your nutrition plan. You're going to be taking this, 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 this every 20 minutes, 
for instance. You're going to get X amount in every 20 minutes. Just see what happens if you start doing it every 15 minutes while doing hill repeats. See what your gut can handle there. And you could just play around with it. It doesn't. A lot of us will um, do our test on a, an easy long long bike ride and go, oh yeah, that's good. And then come race day, we think bloody hell, or we change. We you know we think oh I should be right. I haven't done it in training, but that just makes sense. And, and you could do it on race day, and all of a sudden you're you're spending eighty percent of the day in and out of dunnies. Just you know, it it's not a pleasant pleasant sign. Um, so the I would yeah. I think I think I've mumbled it enough about it. Um, the difference between um, solids and and um, liquids. If you if you're doing an Ironman um, under definitely definitely under um, ten hours, but let's let's call it under eleven twelve hours. I'd probably kind of stick with liquids just to take the stress off your off your gut. Um, if you're going over, I'd be definitely strongly considering adding solids in uh, throughout it as well just to just to be on on the safe side it's a long day out there um i think i think that's it but the it really is um the demands of the race we're talking about so you you do want to be as fat adapted as you as you possibly can with iron man and that doesn't mean you've got to be doing faster sessions um it doesn't mean you've got to you know really restrict um restrict the foods it just means you got to restrict a lot of the crap in between trainings it's um i i said it said it on a few episodes or so ago where you don't really want to be burning glycogen while watching tv if you can help it um yeah you, you just some smarter smarter moves in between training sessions will help greatly and the more training years you have under your belt the more fat adapted you actually you you tend to burn more more fats as you're um progressing i have um started um writing writing a blog um about my on on coronavirus.com on um the nutrition that i I currently use for for training sessions and 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 things like that and if you look at um zones you just take it for for instance like look at your energy system and you look at the um you train it your typical training zones and what type of muscle fibers you're going to be using during those um you could you could just say you know zone one is going to be recovery so it's it's purely you know purely fat zone zone two endurance so it's mostly fat but with a little bit of um carbs um you get going to be burning it's you know that type one fiber um zone three again fat a combination of fat and carbohydrates because zone four zone five it's you know pretty much pure carbohydrates you're going to be burning and so and then we go into different muscle type muscle fiber types too once we start heading into those areas so it's um the demand of that race really really demands us to be more um fat adapted but we don't need that that whole uh, you don't need that high um high fat low carb diet you just need to be 
more sensible in between meals, which will help greatly and fuel the session that's um, needed. For instance, why, you know, these, um, I'm, I'm veering off sideways here, I do apologise, but um, if you go for these, um, you know, easy bike rides, for instance, why are we doing an easy bike ride? It's to enhance recovery. So it makes sense um, to add like an, uh, um, an amino acid drink. I have an amino acid drink for my recovery rides. Um, bugger all carbs in it, but it's got some protein. It's got some, just some good crap in there. And it, it just helps with recovery. That's the reason I'm doing that session. I'm not doing it just for um, Strava miles, for instance. I'm, I'm doing it just to enhance recovery so I can train stronger next next session um and then you might have a, a hard hard session what do i need here i need i'm going to need some carbs to fuel for this session then so it's it's um i'm veering off so i'll i'll, I'll, I'll stop talking if you guys have any other questions you know what to do trainsmooth.com until next episode hey Rue.